0: listening to me this morning we said let us look, turn our eyes upon Jesus no matter what be your need we are not going to wait for the end of the service to ask God for that we are going to do it now no matter what be your need is it a spiritual need is it a physical need you have been praying for it for a long time You have been waiting for a long time and saying, God, when will you answer me? I have been coming to your house week after week, month after month. I have been crying over the same prayer for a very long time. Let us turn our eyes one more time. One more time. And let us say, Lord, answer me. If you have a need like that, Just lift it up to the Lord. He is the answer to our prayer. He is the rewarder. He is the one who sees when nobody else sees. Just lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, that's my need. You don't have to cry to man, but cry to God. He is the prayer answering God. Father, every hand that is raised this morning, I lift it up to you. And I raise my hand along with my brother-in-law, God. We all have a need, Father. We have nobody else to turn to but only you. We ask you, Father, that you will increase faith into the hearts of your children. And as they wait upon you, and as they trust in you, I pray that you will answer them, Lord God, for the glory of your name alone, Master. Father, you are a good God. You are a prayer-answering God. Father, I surrender each and every one this afternoon into your throne of grace. I pray that the word that goes forth today will not return void. It will accomplish the purpose for what it has been reserved for in Jesus' name. Father, I cover myself right now, Master, with the blood of the Lamb, Master. And I pray that I will not speak any word of my own, but what you have given unto me, Lord God. I pray for your sons and daughters and for myself. We cover ourselves right now, Lord God. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I have a very special request, please. It's an important and a special one. If you have your cell phones, please, I beg you. Put it on silent. And not only on silent. Please don't play with your cell phones. This time is for God. This time. At least this time. Time and over again. We see people on cell phones playing. Even the evens don't do it. They don't do it. They have that respect. If we call ourselves children of God. We should honor the house of God. And if you see your neighbor. Do that. I give you authority, and with the, with, the lead, with the pastor's permission, thank you. I give you the authority, rebuke them in love, in love. Just tell them, please, honor the house of God. Amen? Amen? Don't join with them and say, let me also look which site you are entering. The Lord administered to me very much this week, and the title that I have taken is, for this week, While he ministered to me, I seen so beautifully how God is so merciful. I seen a a child of God who showed forth what I was preparing in a very mighty way. And I was touched by this person. And I said, God, thank you for that man that you have used to edify, to encourage, to build And while preparing, see, many times when we prepare God's word, first God ministers to us. Amen? Praise God. Some time ago, when I looked at somebody younger than me, I think there's a base in that, brother. Please cut that little base. When I looked at somebody who was younger than me, I thought to myself, when I was that age, I was better than this person. I was more mature than this person. That's what I used to think. And... On the other hand, when I went on my vacation, I seen people who were older than me and I said, wow, I am much younger than them. I was so proud of it. And then when I ran into my classmate, and my classmate could not recognize me, I said, what nonsense is she cannot recognize me, he cannot recognize me. And I was having that pride in myself that they cannot recognize me. And as time went by, I went to my toilet and I looked at the mirror. I got a shock. I said, which companies are making these type of mirrors that I don't see my real reflection. And then I realized, boy, you're getting old. (laughs) And all along growing old, I was always looking at the negative of other people, not realizing I'm getting old myself. All the curly hair is gone. I'm getting bald. I, I face the front of people. I don't want to face the back because I'm so scared they must not see the baldness. We want to look young all the time. So the title of my message this afternoon, The Signs of Maturity, The Signs of Maturity, because I want to do a study on the book of James, as God willing, I want to do a small study, not a large, big study, a deep study like what Suri does, a small study on the book of James, looking at it as growing up rather than giving up. But my title for this today's topic is The Signs of Maturity. And I'm going to see a overview of the book of James. And I want, to, I want us to go, or go along with me and we will discover to see what James is writing about. The problems that people were facing at that given time. And we will take this as time goes by. These problems that the people were having was now causing and was coming into the church. The problems that they were having right around. And... Many people think that the book of James is an outdated book. I'm sorry to tell them. It's an exact present day book. It's not an outdated book. And as we study this book, we will see how these problems, James was able to address each of these problems. Now, let's quickly look at some of these problems that the church was having. I'm only choosing a few of these problems and not all. We won't have the whole sermon time to look at them. So, few of this problems. Number one, they were experiencing difficulty of testing of their faith. Can I have that on, my, on the screen, sister? They were experiencing difficult testing of faith, number one. Number two, they were also experiencing temptation to sin. We wonder why our children are suffering with so much of temptation to sin. It's there, right there. It's right there. They were experiencing. Third, they were, some of them were catered to the rich while others were being robbed and oppressed by the rich. That was a problem that they were facing during that time. Fourth, church members were now competing for the office of church, especially for the position of teaching ministry. Many people were competing for that. They all wanted to be teachers in, within the church. Second, last, the church members were failing to live up to what they professed to believe. They were, they were saying something But they were living something different. And last of what I have concluded, the few points, they were struggling with worldliness. The worldliness things of them, whatever was in the world was catching them. And they were now bringing that within to the body of Christ. And James noticed this and he has written these five books. There are just few problems, my brothers and sisters. But I've summarized this, few problems, and I said, the common cause for all these problems was the lack of maturity. So, common cause for all these problems put together is lack of maturity. They had failed to grow and mature in their faith and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at it. They failed to grow and mature with relationship, and with faith in Jesus Christ. Maturity and growing is not an option. Many of us think it's an option for us. No. In fact, it is God's will. Those who are doing intermediate, I asked you a question. to Go and find out what is God's will. One of God's will is to grow and be matured in Christ. Amen? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, to summarize that little bit, it says, Let us grow to maturity. Let us grow to maturity. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teaching of
1: Christ and be taken forward to maturity. And
0: let us go on to maturity. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 16 says, but, yes brother,
1: grow in grace.
0: number one, grow in grace
1: and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now
0: you've seen that, you need to grow in grace. First thing, you need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Him, of Jesus Christ. Okay? So growing is not an option, it's a command by God in the Word. We need to grow. The purpose of the church is to make christians to grow and become mature that's one of the purposes of the church Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 14 quickly brother
1: and he gives some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting or maturing of minute, the saints
0: for perfecting and maturity you see that that's the reason the ministry the fivefold ministry is given into the body of christ number 1 to make us matured, to bring us up to the standard and the requirement of what God is looking at. Yes, my brother.
1: For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body to of God. To edify
0: Christ. the body. You've seen that? The church of the ministry, the ministry of the fivefold ministry is to edify the body, to build up the body, to bring the body to a certain level. Yes, my brother.
1: Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man.
0: Perfect man.
1: Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ.
0: There is a measurement. You will not become totally full, but there is a measurement, there is a requirement. Until that requirement, the fivefold ministry that is given within the body of Christ is there to build us up to that level of that maturity.
1: That we henceforth Hmm. be no more children.
0: That we do not be children now
1: tossed to and fro
0: uh-huh, for
1: and carried about with every wind of doctrine.
0: Many doctrines will be coming. Every place you go to, people will speak different doctrines. And as children, we get tossed about because we are not strong in faith in the word.
1: By the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive.
0: You see that? That's what happens now. They are there to deceive. Now, This entire thing is completely an entire thing for a different message. I'm not going to say that. But the reason I want to bring this to the fivefold ministry is kept for only one purpose. is to bring the church to maturity. To bring the church to maturity. Now, before I talk what is maturity, I'd like to look at what maturity is not. Before I can teach you what is maturity, I want to unlearn. To show you what is maturity shouldn't be. Number one. Maturity has nothing to do with your age, how old or how young you are. It has nothing to do how long you have been living. It doesn't have anything to do with how long you have been a Christian. There are many Christians who are 50 years old but still do not act as matured people. There are people who are 20 years in the church but still act as children when it comes to faith. A little child can demonstrate more faith than the person who has been there for so many years. Number two, maturity has nothing to do with how you look. Don't get deceived with the person how he looks. He might intend to show himself to be mature. He might show himself to be very holy. That is deceiving. So, do not get deceived by the people's look and say, Wow, how mature this person looks. So, maturity has nothing to look of how, how well dressed I am. With my coat, with my hat, with my sunglasses. Wow. Don't get deceived. Third, maturity has nothing to do with the accomplishments. Because many people have accomplished so many things in in life, but still they do not have any value or height of maturity at all. If you look at it, most people who are successful in this world have accomplished more, more than the people within the church also. Worldly people have accomplished so much. So maturity has nothing to do with how much you have accomplished. Maturity has nothing to do with how much you know or the level of your education. There are many Christians who have PhDs in churches, and yet they behave like children in faith. Many degrees. But when it comes to faith, there's no maturity at all. Maturity is more of an attitude of our mind. That's what maturity is all about. The attitude of your mind. It's your attitude that makes the difference, the level of your maturity. Brothers, character is who and what you are when you are in a dark room. That is character, when nobody is around. Reputation is what people think about you based on what they know about you. That's reputation. But character is what God says about you when nobody is watching you. God is not deceived with all our action, with all our glamour. With all our education, with all our style, God is not deceived by that. God sees us in our deepest inner closets, and he knows that's the character you have. When we go on a vacation, I do this very often, and when the day when we went for the picnic, many of us, I'm, I'm sure many of you will, will be in line with me. Whenever I go driving to some place, I always carry a map. And at least 20 times I'll be looking at that map. Last week, even for the picnic, Wendy was worried that I kept looking at the map every time I was driving. Many of us got that habit. When we go on a trip, we like to have a map. The map that we have has signs. For example, you have to travel from here to Dubai. Your friend will say you have to pass the Sheraton Hotel. So you look for a sign. Then you, you keep going on the same road you cross the, the airport. You look for a sign. Then you cross Baraka. You look for a sign. So when we look, when we go on a journey... We look for signs the same way as the book of James. James has laid signs on our way. And what is, does this road map, when you know, you say, okay, that's the amount of distance that I've passed, I've come from my destination, and now you'll know how close you are to your final destination. James is exactly the same. It shows you how you're growing from your maturity, where you started, where you're re- reaching up. Now, we must consult God's manual on a daily basis to know our level of maturity also. We cannot rely on our own strength. This word is found five times in the five chapters of the book of James. Five times in the five chapters of James. And I want to overlook these five words that are found in this chapter. And let us see the signs that that James is showing us that will help us to understand our journey to maturity. We are going to look at this sign, the maturity, and see how far are we, how matured are we. We are going to measure, measure our spiritual journey by comparing it to the word of God and not to the person next to you. If you compare it to the person next to you, you will be in deep trouble. So please, you only compare it with the word of God. Let's look at the five signs now what James has given. The first sign. The ability to remain positive under pressure. Number one sign, the ability to, res- to maintain, to be positive when you are going through pressure. James 1, 2 to 4, brother.
1: My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptation. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience.
2: Ah, mm-hmm.
1: But let patience have a perfect work that he may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing.
0: It says, perseverance must find its work so that you may be mature and complete. Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Parents, how do you handle pressure when your children want to have their own way? Parents, when they are far away from you. And when you get news about them, how do you handle the pressure when they are so far away? What do you do with them? Do you act in a godly manner or do you act in a worldly manner? Children, how do you handle the pressure when your parents want to control your life for the future? They want to control where you, where you go. They say, okay, you have to come with me and you hate to go where they go. They will ask you to come and sit in the hall when, your friend, when their friends come to visit and you hate to see those friends' faces also. How do you handle that pressure when you do not want to do what your parents want you to do? And sometimes you, you'll say, oh, I wish these people even don't visit us. I don't have to come and sit in, in the hall and listen to all this old chatter. How do, you, how do you handle that situation, that pressure? The first question we need to ask ourselves when we begin this journey, how do I handle pressure? There's a lot of pressure that the early Christians were facing. And the same pressure we also face. Number one, they were able to see the pressure of trouble. Trouble was every side because they were being persecuted, they were being caught, they were put in prison, so they seen trouble. They seen tribulation, a lot of tribulation. They seen temptation. They seen temptation to sin. So we see that very much, that the early Christians were facing these problems. They were facing these problems continuously. What James is saying, that Christians They were not responding very well to the situations. That's what James is trying to say. All these problems are taking place. They were not responding very well. This shows that we are facing the same type of situation. Now the question is, how well do you handle such pressures? I want you to answer, ask yourself that. How well do you, you handle pressure when it comes to you? Do you get tight and nervous? Do you get, you go on a breakdown? Do you start complaining? Do you start grumbling? When your children give you a hard time, what do you do? Or when your parents give you a hard time, do you wait to run away from home? Do we get angry with people that are around us when we go through a time of pressure? How do we act? Very fast, we all snap. We get so impatient with especially our loved ones when they do not go the way we want them to go. We want them to walk in our lifestyle, but they do not want the same lifestyle. And we get so pressurized with them. And many parents wish they, these children were not being born because they don't live, live to their standard. How do we act in a situation like that when your child, when your when your coworker does exactly the opposite? Do you snap? It's very easy to live a Christian life within the church, but try to live a Christian life In your workplace, it's not easy. My brothers, Christianity is more than a religion. It's a lifestyle, my brothers and sisters. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come that you might have life. I have come that you might have life. The part of life is that we will have problems. We will have problems. And we have to learn to face it. We must learn to face these problems. Generally, the first thing that when we face problem is we run. That's the common thing for every Christian. The moment you have a problem, you run. When you're not happy with your boss, you run. When you're not happy with mom and dad, you say, send send me to some other college back in India. No, better India, my, my, my family might be knowing me. Send me to Europe. Nobody will know me, mom and dad. But we create a, such a nice, beautiful situation. Mom, it's a beautiful place. India is dirty. Mosquitoes. All these stories we give. And our poor parents believe us. And they spend all the earnings sending you over there. Basically, you know what you're doing? You want to run away from home. But you've got this beautiful thing. I'm going for higher education. Actually, you're going for higher rounding about. Listen to what James says that we can endure till the end. Verse 12, brother. Verse 12.
1: Blessed is the man hmm. who perseveres under trial.
0: The one, Bible says you are blessed when you go under trial. Trial can be various kinds for various people. Yes.
1: Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life.
0: So you will face trials. And when you stand your test, there is a reward. A crown of life amen and given by god himself the second one the second point the second point of sign of maturity is being sensitive and loving towards others i'm going to touch a very sensitive area now i'm going to touch one of your nerves today being sensitive and loving towards others james 2 8
1: if he fulfill the royal law according to the scripture thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself he do well
0: my brothers and sisters, it's so easy for us to turn our backs. It's very, very easy for us to turn our backs on, on our loved ones. It's easy to get lost in this little world of ours. A matured Christian just doesn't see his own need, but he sees the needs of others. He is sensitive to the heart cry of another person. He is sensitive to their needs. You might be in your office. You might see a co-worker in your office. Are we sensitive to that co-worker's need? Are we Let me ask you a question now. Last week, this is just a small example. We had a few newcomers here. Am I right? How many of us went out out of that compound and met one of them and said it's so nice to see you? How many of us have done that? Let's be honest. I've seen a few newcomers sitting on that parapet for more than 10-15 minutes. And not one of us, more than 300 people, or 250, not one of us went and said, hello, it's nice to see you. Are we sensitive? And do we really mean love? See, you can sing all the songs. You can make all the noise. You can do it. It's not going to go above this. Sorry. But that's the truth. If you say you're sensitive and you're loving, look, first start within the body of Christ. Now we see how many new people are here. How are we willing to go out? We are so engrossed in getting into that, that same group. And it's time after time after time. You see the same crowd meeting. And there are newcomers sitting down there. We don't reach them. And we sing all these beautiful songs. And we don't even lift them above these walls. You want to be matured. Here is your point to be matured. James 6, verses two, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. There's no need to read it brother the bible says don't show favoritism don't judge by appearance if if benny and came here all of us will be standing in line to meet benny and even we'll trample pastor also down and say i want to be before you pastor we will do that because we show favoritism just because that man is on television please reach out to the ones who come here for the first time john 1 john 317
1: but whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the Lord of God in him?
0: You see that? Our compassion should go forth beyond the natural. Paul said, I might I win all I might win so many people to Christ. Paul says, I might be building many churches. I might be giving all my money and building churches. Paul says, I might be on television every day on TV. Paul says, I might be giving all my money to the poor. But if I do not have love, I am just like a sounding gong. You might be doing that week after week, giving all your tithes, singing all the hallelujahs. But if you don't have love and if you sit down here, we are nothing, including me. I am saying that. And that's one one side. I want to show you the extreme side. Many people in the church, they have all the time to reach out to other people. They will call people, find out about them, counsel them, edify them, build them up, reach out to them. But then they fail to neglect to reach out to their own family members. That's another extreme. You have your own family, reach out to them. How often, mommy and daddy, let me ask you this question. I'm sorry, I'm touching your nerve today. How often do you sit with your children? How often do we sit with our children and talk to them? Our children are waiting for us to talk to them. When was the last time we sat with our children? The only place we sit uh, at the dining table and then we wait for them to get away from our sight. And then we call up the other brother. How are you, brother? Oh, you're good, fine. Nice meeting you. All the nonsense talk. Your own child is saying, how oh, I wish my mom and my dad could sit and talk with me. Start, don't be on two extremes. We have to be balanced Christians. And not one extreme. If you are on one extreme, your ship will sink. Either you lose your church members or you lose your family members. We have to be very balanced in our life. The third point. of of sign of maturity is mastering one's mouth. Another nerve I'm going to touch. I'm sorry I'm touching your nerves today. Mastering one's mouth. James 3 verse 2.
1: For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able able also to brittle the whole body.
0: If you have that word all, underline that word in your Bible. We all make mistakes. Don't think that only the person inside of you makes mistakes and you are Mr. Clean, Miss Clean, Miss Holy, Mrs. Holy, Mr. Holy, all holies. Holy the what? We all make mistakes. This is a sign of maturity. The moment you think that everyone else makes mistakes and not you, you will fall miserably. You will fall miserably. The moment you think like that. The third sign of maturity is to to tame our tongue. Brother, can we read Psalm 141 verse 3?
1: Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Hmm. Keep the door of my lips.
0: Can we join the psalmist and let us say this together? One, two, go. Set, Set a, a guard over my, mouth, over my mouth, O Lord. Lord. Keep, Keep watch over the doors my of my lips. Can you make this as a promise and say, God, from today onwards, I will put a watch over my mouth. Can we do that? I will, I will come the next time, as God willing, he gives me that opportunity. And I'll ask you, how many times have we set a watch over our mouth? I went to the doctor the other day, just to get my medicine. And the first thing the doctor said, can you put out your tongue? Brother Leslie, that's true, no, Brother Leslie? The first thing the doctor, and I don't like to show my tongue. I don't show my tongue to my wife. When I pray and ask fun. I don't like to show my tongue to anybody, but the first thing the doctor said, show your tongue. Ah. <laughs> the doctor wants to check our physical body. He asks us to show our tongue. The same thing God does with our spiritual body. He says, now let me examine your tongue. And when he sees that, he won't want to even look. Because we have slandered everybody. We have cursed some. We have praised some. We have let down some. We have done all nonsense with some. So, God checks our tongue. My brothers and sisters, Jesus gives us several, James gives us several examples in chapter 3. He says the tongue is like a rudder that turns the full ship, number one. He says the tongue is is like a bit in a horse's mouth. That strong animal with that small bit it controls. He says that The tongue is like a spark. The moment you speak, you do not know what chaos you will cause with that little tongue. He says that tongue is like a deadly poison. So we have to be careful with our tongue. Let us make a commitment today. Even before you could speak, say, Lord, if this is what you want me to speak, I will speak. If not, I will close my mouth. Listen, our tongue can bring joy to people or can bring pain to people. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29
1: do not let any negative ah.
0: talk. you have that word any nobody has it my bible is there anyone has got it any do not let any negative talk if you have that in your bible please circle that if do not let any continue brother
1: do not let any negative talk come out of your mouth mm. but only what is helpful for building up ah. others
0: if you have that in your bible For building up others, please underline that. No negative thought will come from my mouth, but only something that I will build somebody. I will will edify somebody. Yes, brother?
1: According to their needs.
0: My brothers and sisters, watch what you say. When you talk, don't try to build yourself up. If your speech doesn't build somebody, don't say it. Let me say that again. If your speech does not build somebody, don't say it. Even if it's the truth. If your speech is not there to build, but to break, don't say it. It's a mark of maturity. A matured person manages his mouth. It does not matter how long you have been a Christian. If you can master your mouth and your tongue, you're, you're on your right track. James 1, 26.
1: If anyone considers himself religious Mm. and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless.
0: Have you seen that? Even if you want to live a religious life, but if you do not have a tight rein on your tongue, your religion is worthless. I can memorize 1,000 verses in the Bible. I can read the Bible every day. I can go to church every Friday. I cannot miss even one service. But if I cannot control my tongue, my religion, number one, is worthless. My religion is useless. My religion is vain. My religion is void. You see the power, what it has? You can do everything. Ephesians 5, 4, verse 15, brother. 4, 15. It says, speak the truth in Thank you for that. Speak the truth in love. What does this mean, speak the truth? Let me explain this in my understanding. Speak with the right attitude, number one. Number two, with the right timing. You might know the truth, but you need to wait for the time to speak the truth. Every time is not a good time. You might know the truth now, but is that the time for you to say it? No, wait. God will inspire in your heart when to speak it. With the right place, if I know the truth, I don't slander my brother in front of ten people, but I will find the right place to minister to that person, because I know the right place. The right reason, what is the reason that you speak the truth? You need to know, is this the right reason for me? The right motive, what is my motive that I am speaking this truth? Is my motive to destroy, or is my motive to build? Is my motive to encourage? You have to ask yourselves, The Bible is a very practical book. It does not matter how much you know about the Bible. If our attitude is not right, we are missing the point. My fourth point. The fourth sign of maturity is when we become peacemakers and not troublemakers. When we become peacemakers and not troublemakers. James 4.1
1: What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire that battles within you?
0: Hmm. NLT says, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Isn't the whole army of evil desires that war within you? See, not says one member. It says a whole army of evil desires. Can you imagine if we have an army of evil desires within us? Let us look at the scripture very carefully. Let us meditate on the scripture. In this verse, James is talking about conflict. He is talking about the quarreling and the fighting that is taking place in our inner selves. My brothers, when we don't get something, how much we try to destroy the other person. We try to find fault with the other person. Matthew 5 verse 9.
1: Blessed are the peacemakers. Praise
0: God. Blessed are the peacemakers.
1: For they shall be called the children of God.
0: Amen. Those who are seeking peace. If you want to be called the child of God, go and minister peace to people. Don't break them into pieces. Minister, minister peace to them. I have a question for you. Ask yourself this afternoon. Are you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? Ask yourself that question. Do you get? Do you like arguing because just you want to prove a point? Ask yourself. Many of us argue we want to prove our point. Or oh, are we contentious? About people. Am I a person who is always looking for trouble? Do I get hurt very easily just because pastor never called me up? I want to share something. If one of the members of your cell, if he is a cell leader, if he is visiting you, he is taking the place of the pastor to visit you. Do you understand that? If your cell leader is coming to your house that day, he is standing in the gap of, of the leadership of our pastors. But immediately we get angry. My cell leader came, but my pastor didn't come. And we are so angry within. We have to ask ourselves, do I get defensive the moment something is said to me? And do I hurt people's feelings very easy? You know, there are people who can hurt anyone's feelings very easily. You don't need any reason to hurt somebody's feelings. I don't like your face. So I get angry. My brothers and sisters, The Corinthian church was having a lot of conflict. And Paul is telling them, you are acting like a bunch of babies. You are fighting over the Lord's Supper. You are fighting over gifts. You are fighting over leadership. There is no maturity at all in you. Paul is telling them that. James says there are two reasons for conflict. There are two reasons James is talking to us. Number one is found in James chapter 4 verse 3. One of the reasons for conflict that we have.
1: When you ask you do not receive ah. because you ask with wrong motives.
0: Please stop there. When you ask and you do not receive, see what the Bible says. It says because our motive is wrong. Our asking is wrong because we want to get that for our own enjoyment, not it's a need. My brother has a car, I would also like a BMW. The reason I use BMW, I was just talking with my brother while coming to church. My brother has this, I want it. The motive is wrong. Is it a need? That's what God gives. And this brother who was coming with me says, The next time I buy a car, I will buy an ordinary car. Do we have that type of thing in us? I will buy a car to take me. Or I will buy the best car in the world. What is our motive? God looks at the motive of our heart why do we need something for what if you are blessed fine it's nothing wrong you cannot go tell sultan Kabush by drive uh, toyota yaris you can't tell him because that's the status if you are blessed praise god for it use it be blessed in the first conflict we see is our motives the second one in uh, james 4 11 and 12
1: brothers and sisters. Do not slander one another.
0: Do not slander one another.
1: Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister hmm. or judges them speaks against the law and judges. One it. minute,
0: brother. If anybody speaks against it doesn't say whether you're speaking truth or false. You got this please pay attention of this. Anybody who speaks against his brother or sister, what's a judgment? You're a lawbreaker. Do you know when you break the law, you are telling God, I want to fight against you now. You cannot take the place of God. You cannot judge people. Peacemakers do not go about fighting with people. Let us look at three reasons why we are not to judge. I want to show you quickly three reasons why we are not supposed to judge. Number one, we are not God. We are not God. God. When we judge somebody, we are telling God, you step aside, now. let me take your role now. I want to sit on the throne, not you. We are judging them. There is only one judge, and that is God himself. We are no man's judge. Number two, God has got all the facts we don't have. When you see something, you know something has happened. You only know partial of what has happened. You do not know everything. So stop judging You only know part, but God knows everything. And let him judge that. Third, I don't know the other person's motive. The person who has done something, maybe in your sight it is wrong. But in their sight, they are not aware of it. They might be ignorant of what they did. Unknowingly, they could have done something. But then, you get angry with them. And you judge them. So, Only God has the right to judge. Please, write this in your Bible, left, right and center. Only God has the right to judge. He knows all the facts. He knows everything that is happening in the other person's life. He knows their motives. He knows their heart. You only know half or you don't know anything. And yet we judge. We get angry over everything. My brother never smiled at me when he came out of the church. I am very upset with him. He smiled at me last time. This time my brother never called me home for food. Very bad. But I see him call the other person. This week my brother didn't call me. I'm upset over him. This time my brother went on vacation. He never told me that he's going on vacation. But he called and told pastor. And pastor prayed in church for it. And yet he comes to my own cell, but he never told me. When did you visit him for him to tell you? The question, did you visit your brother? Did you call your brother so that he can tell you that he feels that he can share his his joy and sorrow with you? God says, stop being selfish. Stop judging. My last point before we can close. The fifth sign of maturity is patience and prayer. Patience and prayer. I need this a lot. I've struggled with being a patient man. James chapter 5 verses 7 and 8.
1: Be patient.
0: Ah, See that? Mark it. Be patient.
1: Therefore, brethren, mm. unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth mm. and hath long patience for it.
0: Say patience again.
1: Until he received the early and latter rain. Mm. Be ye also patient.
0: Be ye also patient.
1: Establish your heart. Hmm. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh.
0: One more scripture. It says in James chapter 5 verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that ye be healed. Do you see that? The effectual uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There are two key words in, in chapter 5. There are two key words. Number one is patience. And it is found five times. It is found five times. Prayer. Is mentioned seven times. The sign of a matured person. It will be a person of prayer. He will be a person of patience. That's the sign. If you don't have this, you must ask the Lord, Lord, give me a life that I will be patient. My brothers and sisters, that's it. James is taking the life of a farmer. You see a farmer, when he sows a seed, when he throws the seeds into the ground, what he does? Number one, he waits. Are there any farmers here? Praise God. Okay. Thank God. The first thing a farmer does, he puts the seed into the ground, he waits. You know what's the second thing he does? He prays, God, the seed that I put into this ground, let life come. And then you know what he does? After he prays, he hopes. Because he has prayed, he hopes and he knows that, my God has answered my prayer, this, this uh, seed is going to sprout. Then, he collects A good harvest waiting is a very beautiful uh, thing of a farmer while in the US I met a lot of farmers a lot of farmers and there's one thing that I've noticed even before preparing this message they were very very patient men very patient. and I was wondering at that time I never understood why but then I realized wow this man is a patient man I think we must learn about farming we can have one school of farming. The next uh, uh, picnic, pastor can give us farming. Nobody will come for that picnic. Everyone say, we're going vacation, pastor. You take, you take your, your elders and leaders and do farming with them. It's not for us. Does, does seeds grow overnight? No, it does not grow. There is a waiting season. We have to wait on God when we pray. We thank God for when Binsa came back. We wait. We have to wait on God for a miracle. We wait. We cannot tell God, I want my miracle now. He doesn't have to answer us. When we throw our plate, He will put food and give it back. No. We have to wait on God for our lives to work in order so that we can set our lives in His plan. We have to wait in everything of our life. The only way that you can learn for waiting is to be patient. Amen? Let us learn to be patient. Listen, I want to share something. Don't expect your children to become holy overnight. All you holy fathers and mothers who are dawat here sitting in the chamber of the Lord, don't think your children will become holy tomorrow morning. Please. Did you become holy overnight? How much whipping we have to get? How much of kneeling down we have to get? I had to kneel on salt. I had food thrown at me. I was beaten took 30 years for me to change. 30 years. Look where I am standing now. What if my mother and father had cursed me and said, you are good for nothing fellow. You are well to nothing. And had discarded me. Will I be standing here? I thank God for his mercy that today I am here. Don't scorn your children when they do wrong. Rebuke them in love. Teach them in love. Correct them in love and go to the Lord and say, Lord, I have done what you have asked me to do. I surrender this child now into your hands. Have your way, and you break them in your time. You don't break them. The problem is, this, we want to break our children. Let God do the breaking. Nature knows how to break children. We have seen that in the life of the prodigal son. Nature will break your children rightly. I want to close quickly, and want to do a recap while we are closing. Number one, how well do you handle problems? Ask yourself this question now. We are going to minister, the time of ministering. Ask yourself, how well do you handle problems? Do you get tight, you get angry, or do you take it in a positive way? My second question is, are you sensitive to other people? Or you only pray for yourself and you never pray for the person next to you? You never care for the person next to you? My third point. How well do you manage your mouth? Have you learned to put a Brit on your mouth? Ask God, Lord, today I will make a commitment that I will, I will learn to speak less and listen more. My fourth point, are you a troublemaker or are you a peacemaker? Many people, we fall in this area. We are very quick to cause trouble between two brothers or sisters. Do we have a tendency to trigger people to anger? Ephesians says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. No corrupt conversation. My fifth point, how long can you wait for an answer? How long are you willing to wait when you ask God? If you are a believer in the house today, and if one of these signs are missing in you, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, as your word came today, I have maybe the third sign or the fourth sign that is missing in me. Please help me. Please help me. If you are not a believer and you, you have not known the Lord Jesus, it's time that you give your life to Christ. So he will make you what he said that in his word. Amen? Can we rise on our feet? Second last, the second last song that you sang any worship song it's time for us to grow up it's time for us to grow up I would never want you to leave this place without making a commitment today as I call upon our pastor Leslie quickly to he'll be coming to 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 minister to you and to pray for you let us make a commitment before we leave this hall it's no use of us coming time After time, month after month, and we are still the same. And when we go back, we say, my bank balance is full. That's not the reason God brought us into this land. Yes, my brother.
2: We will live before the Maker of the universe, and we will call you Lord.
3: God is telling us something very important today, and God is telling us that brothers and sisters, it's time. To grow spiritually. It's time. The time has come. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, from verse 12 onwards, it says this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of youth have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. God is asking us, are you still in the milk stage? Are we still... That immature, childish person we were some time back. Do you still choose to remain in that state? Or have you moved on, moved upwards to a person who is building up himself on solid foot of the word of God? Are you bothered more of your reputation than your character? Are you bothered what people say about you or are you bothered what God thinks about you? It's time for each one of us right now to look back into our own lives. Where do you stand? Where do I stand? It's not a time to think, my neighbor needs to mature. It's not time to think, my wife needs to mature. It's not time to think, my husband needs to mature. It's time to say, I need to mature. How do you handle pressure? Are you a gossiper or are you a victim of gossip? Are you a mature peacemaker or an immature troublemaker? Look at yourself. Do you go to God in prayer daily? Or do you run helter-skelter looking for solutions? God is telling you. Be mature. Grow in maturity. You are my child. I have been teaching you week after week, day after day. And today I am telling you again that's what God is saying. It's time to grow spiritually. Let's just thank the Lord. Let's just thank the Lord for how He's teaching us, how He's building us up, how beautifully He's leading us. Just give glory to God. Brothers, sisters, just thank the Lord yourself. Thank the Lord that He is concerned about you. He wants you to grow from that milk stage. He wants me to grow from that milk stage to the meat stage. And He wants you and me to be people who can go out into the world which is seeking the word. And to communicate that word. If you don't have the meat, how can you and I go out? Father God, we just want to thank and praise you, Lord Father. Father God, you truly are a good God. You truly are a God who's so mindful of us, Lord Father. And Father God, you have reminded us again, Lord, that we need to seek you. That we need to build ourselves on your word, not on the doctrines of men, not on the philosophies of the world but what you have given to us in our hand, the roadmap for daily living. Father God, we thank you, Lord. You have given us different versions to help us understand your word better. We thank you, Father God, and we pray, Lord, that we truly shall turn to you. Every one of us here, if you think that you need to mature in the Lord, If you think that, yes, there is still some way to go, put out your hands. Raise your hands unto the Lord and say, Lord, see my hands. You teach me. You build me up. You bring me to be a man, a woman of maturity. Father God, we just want to thank you, Lord. Father God, I thank you, Lord, even as you see the hands raised in this hall this day, Lord, Father i pray lord father god that you will answer our prayer lord you will build us up lord father we thank you lord father we thank you lord father we give glory to you lord father god we want to thank you for your servant whom you have used so beautifully today lord father father god we pray lord that you will continue to anoint him lord father multiple portions lord reveal to him truths lord father that he he will bring to us lord That when he brings your word, it shall not return void. Father God, I pray, Lord, that your hand of blessing will be upon him and his family, Lord Father. I thank you, Lord Father, for every one of us here, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, that you've given us this opportunity to meet together as your people, Lord Father. And Father God, even as we depart from this place, we will follow a word that you've given us today, Lord. And that is, yes, Father God, we will look for somebody we haven't met. And we will meet that person, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. Father God, we come with the week ahead into your hands. And we pray, Lord, that you continue to guide us, lead us, minister unto us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever amen